Good morning. The calm Christian here. Staying constant and consistent in the shifting and dicey world. Hope your world is going good for you today. I feel pretty good. You know why? It's the weekend. It's Saturday. And it's the weekend before my staycation starts. Yay! I don't have to go to work or log on to a computer for work for five days. And then I'll get another weekend. Yay! I'm very grateful for the job. It pays the bills. But they do give you vacation time. And my boss did say to me that if I don't take my vacation, he said, I will lose my vacation at the end of the year. The vacation that I have not taken. Because you're not allowed to hold it and store it up like in previous years. They don't let you do that anymore. Anyways, thought I'd like to read something for you from Matthew 8. Matthew 8. Verses 23. Actually, it's funny that he says in 22, he says, But Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. But that's from another event. 23. And when he entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. So they followed him into the ship. And behold, there arose great tempest in the sea insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he says unto them, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Jesus Christ is the Lord of creation. Or, I guess, God is with Jesus Christ 100%, and God is the Lord of creation. I don't know how it works for you. I don't know how it works for your brain. But this, this verse, this tiny four verses, screams that Jesus calms the storm. You know what? Jesus calms your story too. Your story. Storm, S-T-O-R-M, story, S-T-O-R-Y, your story, my story. Everybody says that life is a journey. Yes, it is. And that you have one life here, so live it to the fullest. Well, that's true. And I believe that my life here is, a, is just a part de or a prequel of my eternal life with God. Some people say it, they don't really believe it. Maybe I'm saying it and I don't believe it, but I do believe it. And, I, and as the days go on in my life, that belief goes, grows ever stronger. Iron sharpens iron, constant and consistent. Is that your life? Do you believe it? I don't tell you what to think. I don't tell you what to believe. I ask you to think about what I say. I'm asking you, to think about what I say 
so that your belief will grow stronger. You know, everybody has problems. Everyone has problems. Problems are us. It's not just Christians. But when the problems come, do you have to face them head on by yourself? Do you have to just be on the defense? Or as a Christian, can you be, I don't know if you could say on the offense, but you certainly have a defense knowing that that God is with you. I could say that problems are us, meaning if you're a Christian, you're going to have problems. If you want to follow Jesus like these guys follow Jesus, you're following Jesus onto the ship. And the ship is sailing, what was it, the Sea of Galilee? Did Jesus know there was going to be a storm? Some commentaries say, yeah, he knew there was a storm ahead of time, and you know, but, but this was a whole lesson for them. Maybe Jesus was a very smart dude. Okay, I'm sure he, he, was, he was Jewish. He had a very calculating mind. He was shrewd and intelligent, not in a bad way. He was just precise. He was intelligent. He had a high IQ. You know what I think? I think that Jesus just lived his life. He just lived life to the fullest every day because he knew that no matter what, his father is with him. You know, no matter what, your father is with you. No matter what, Jesus is with you. You say to yourself, well, that's great and all, but you know, I got problems. I want Jesus to do something. How do you know he's not doing something? Well, in the boat, he didn't seem to be doing anything. He seemed to be sleeping. Do you think he was faking? You know, Jesus Christ was as much as much a human as anybody here. Remember, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> when you do a podcast and then you can put it on the internet, you can do that these days. You just happen to be listening to me, talking to myself, ranting like an idiot. Actually, God says that I'm not an idiot. He says that I'm special. God values you. You are not just a cog, a piece of the machinery that the world can extract things from you. You matter to God. Your life is precious. If God were standing in the forest and a bunch of fireflies were buzzing around his head, you can't see them, but you can see the little light. You and I might not pay no notice, but God knows every firefly by name. He knows you. He's not swatting you away. Even though you may feel that God is not there or God is there, but he's not doing anything. He is doing something. God was working in Jesus of Nazareth. God was with him 100%. And he wants to be with you 100%, 1 billion percent, if that's a number. Infinite percent. God is infinite love, infinite joy, infinite peace. And he wants to come live in you. But I guess he knows that you can't handle it all. So a little bit every day. To be filled with the riches of Christ every day. More and more. But you know, Jesus was as much a human being as, as 
We are. You know what he was doing? You know what tired human beings do? They sleep. I don't think he was faking. I think he was just dead dog tired. He had a hard life. Everybody's chasing after him. Everybody wants something from him. The disciples are following him because they know who he is. Yet they are afraid. Yet the waves of life, the sea and the waves roaring like in Revelation 17, which even represents people. The sea and the waves were roaring under the boat, around the boat. Is that Satan? Maybe Satan was maybe Satan was trying to drown them all. Hey, there's that Jesus guy that's causing me so much problems. You know what, boys? It's time to whip up that it's time to whip up that sea. It's time to make it all frothy. Scare those disciples. What a bunch of crackheads. We're going to make them scared. We're going to make them sorry they followed the guy in the boat who's sleeping, by the way. <laughs> Your little Messiah is sleeping, guys. Are you afraid? Maybe he doesn't care about you. Jesus was tired. Does your life tire you out? Sometimes mine seems like it's tired. I'm getting tired. Lord, I'm getting tired. Help is not coming. When is relief ar- arriving? How does the world spell relief? R-O-L-A-I-D-S? Rolades? <laughs> well, I spell it J-E-S-U-S. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, who's alive right now. And right now is at the right hand of God, pleading for the calm Christian. Father, go easy on that one. He's with me. Father, go easy on the people who are with me. They're with me. And if they're with me, then that means they're for you. God does not beat up his children. God may step back and allow the devil to hit you. That's true. Or other people who are not believers will hit you, thinking they're doing God a service. Ha, I'm going to argue against you. You're not really living life to the fullest. You've got, you know, your principles about God and you're believing all the things in the Bible. What's the Bible but a bunch of stories, a bunch of chips of old parchment written by old Jewish men and people who thought they had the one true God. It's not relevant for you. Bible is about relationships, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That sea got very turbulent and very ugly, the Sea of Galilee. Maybe it was a temperamental sea. Maybe it was in the Holy Land. And you know, the the Holy Land is subject to a lot of unholy things because wherever God is present, the evil one will be present too. He's like a moth. He's attracted to the light, but he hates the light. Satan is death. He's death on two legs. He's the will of a creature, and the will of a creature cannot even begin to approach or understand the will of the Creator unless the creature lets him in. Satan said no to God many, many, many thousands of years ago, and he would like very much for you to do the same. Don't let him win. It says... That Jesus got up. They heard, he heard them. He heard them. He heard their cries. God heard the cries of the Israeli people down in Egypt. And he said, down, said to Moses, because Moses was finally ready. Finally, he was mature enough. At 80, 
Wow, he had to wait till he was, God had to wait for him till he was 80. Go down, I have heard the cries of my people. God heard the cries of Jonah when the sea and the waves were roaring around his ship and he said to the boys, hey boys, I'm sorry to let you know this, but the one true God who's been following me around that I'm trying to get away from, that sea is going crazy because of me. You gotta throw me on the waters, boys. They didn't want to do it, those guys in the Jonah story. They went, nope, we're, we're peddling out of here. But they realized that there was some kind of a argument, some kind of consternation going on between Jonah and the one true God. And Jonah was thrown on the sea, but God rescued him. God rescued these boys in the, in the ship. God rescued Noah and his family in the ark. God is your rescuer. God is coming for you. Rambo said, I'm coming for you. Remember that story in Rambo? Love that. I'm coming to get you. But he meant it in kind of a bad way. He was judgment. But God is coming for you in a good way. For you have entered, you have gone past judgment into eternal life. God is coming to save you. Hold on. And the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this? Even the winds and the sea obey him. If God gave us free will choice, we can make our own decisions. Doesn't that mean that man is in charge? God won't let us destroy ourselves. God gives everyone free reign and grace to live your life the way you want to live it. But God is in control because he will win. Why don't you put your hand in the hand of the man from Galilee? He's the Lord of all creation. God lives in him and God wants to live in you through him. What better story can you find than that? God calms the storm, but he calms your story. I love it. Sign me up. More, more, more. And having God live with you is for free. He doesn't want payment. He doesn't want your gold and your rubies and anything you have or don't have. You don't have it to give, or maybe you're rich. You got everything that life wants. You're sitting on butter and cream, but your heart is empty. Is your heart empty? Oh, I tell you, I got up this morning. Maybe I should be more worried. I just don't feel it. I miss my children. I miss the family I used to have. Oh, but you know what? I live in North America. I live in Canada. I'm so blessed. When people are complaining, we have everything we could want. And yet we complain the most. Isn't that sad? Why? We live in America. We live in Canada. I'm not saying that other countries don't have wonderful things too. I'm not saying that. But in North America, we have so much. We are so blessed. We have everything. Other people in other lands, if they have a running toilet, some of them, or if they have good water to drink or, or air to breathe that's not toxic, some of them don't even have that. 
I marvel. I, I see people on on YouTube, on TV, come along, and they're from some other place, and they don't have any of the things we have, and they're smiling. They're happy. The gospel is growing there, but over here, it's like it's stagnant. Like people just don't care. Like they just didn't get everything they wanted. I think the blessings of our continent are actually working against us. The blessings of God, because we decided we did it. God didn't do anything. We, we didn't invite him to the party anymore. God started this party. People came here. It was like a place. It was the place of the gospel. And you know what we decided? Hey, you know what? We don't want you here, God. We're the ones who are, we'll do it ourselves. Th thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Happy to see you. You know where the door is. How can you have emotional health, emotional wellness, and emotional intelligence when all of that is the software of your heart and God is the creator of your heart and he's the origin of the software? How can you have those things? You can't. You can't have the happiness of the principles of the creator if you don't have the creator of the principles. Hebrews 13 verses 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is your life partner. God is your heart partner. God is your inner partner. God is your inner sanctum. God is your emotional well-being and intelligence. God is your heart software. How can you have love, joy, and peace? Even midst the storm, if you don't have the God who is love, joy, and peace. I don't tell you what to think. I ask you to think deeply about what I tell you. I plead with you, please read the Word of God. Look at the YouVersion videos. Read a Bible plan. Get on your knees or sit on your bed and say, Lord, you're my leader today. Show me, Lord, feed me today. I don't know what to do. I'm betwixt and between. Life's not going well, but you said that you were with me to the end of the world. You know, in the Jesus movie with Jesus of Nazareth, it was Robert Powell and James Ferentino. He said, Lord, stay with us for the night is coming. Robert Powell looks, Robert Powell, Jesus, looks at the camera with those blue transparent eyes glowing like a feral cat. And he says, Jesus says, behold, I am with you to the end of the world. And when Jesus makes a promise, he keeps it. The calm Christian here, not being calm about the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for Jesus the Christ. See ya. <laughs>